You're listening to The One Room with a View show. With Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to The One Room with a View show with me, Christopher Preston. And joining me today is a broadcaster of unbreakable talent. There is no split decision. This man is an absolute glasterpiece. It's Mr. <laughs> Dan Orton. <laughs> That was uh, that was clever. Well, you how, know. Long would, how long did it take you to come I'm with that? I'm a bright bloke. Six months. I'll be waiting. <laughs> Nineteen years. <laughs> I, uh, me and M Night Shyamalan's taking us a little while. The final twist. The final twist in the masterpiece. Talking of twists yes. and masterpieces and glasterpieces, Dan. What's coming oh, up in today's show? How often are you going to do that sort of pun? I'll be using it for the next hour. Right. I'll be using it for the next hour. Great. Just so we're all aware. Your glass hole. <laughs> Please, no more. Um, yes, as uh, if you hadn't already guessed from Preston's um, uh, just A-level, uh, d- 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 top-notch punning there, um, we are looking at uh, three M. Night Shyamalan films. Yeah, um, <laughs> for our sins. For our sins. So th- th- this month, listener, you you don't get the normal some film old, some film new. It's some films old, some film new. Mm. Um, we couldn't... Uh, we couldn't decide which one of the uh, the first two films to do, so we just settled on we yeah. settled on both. We, we like Theresa May trying to find a Brexit compromise. <laughs> we, <laughs> we split the decision. Split the decision. No one's happy. Yeah, uh, certainly not you, and no, certainly you. not us. <laughs> Great. Well, let's get on then. So um, some film old, some film new. We do, it's not a, it's not an M Night Shyamalan special. It's just the looking yeah. at this trilogy, so loose trilogy. We're going to be looking at Glass, which came out just this week um, at time of recording. And then um, 2017 split and 90, uh, sorry, 2000s Unbreakable. Yeah, where it all um, began. Where it all began, way back when, 19 years ago. Um, speaking of, of 2019, uh, we're going to be looking ahead uh, to the next 12 months. Mm, We've got about... to drag ourselves through it, Dan. We're, and the, we're the only medication that is cinema. <laughs> yes, I think the one thing that's going to see us through this awful, awful year will be what magical treats filmmakers have for us. Yeah. Um, and also, I've got a Some Film New Reloaded, but I will tell you more about that. Can't believe my luck. Should we crack on? Yes, let's. Let's do it. Some Film Old. Some Film New. Thank you. It's like having James McAvoy's Kevin Michael Crumb. Uh, yeah, I Kevin think, Wendell Crumb. In, I think that the... some of my jingles are personas in that movie. <laughs> Absolutely, equally terrifying. Yes. So let's kick off straight away. We've, we've just made light there of uh, of mental health disorders. <laughs> um, yeah, us and Gillette. <laughs> so um, let's kick off with plots. Glass. Or should we start with Unbreakable? I think we need to start with Unbreakable. Let's go back. Let's go back 19 years to Unbreakable. So, um, M. Night Shyamalan's, what, what, what number film of this was his? He, I don't know what number film it is because I didn't research it before the podcast, but I do know that this was the follow-up to his his foot in the door, which is The Sixth Sense. Yes. Yeah. So he was back, he's back with Bruce Willis. Mm. Um, and Bruce Willis plays David Dunn, who survives, is the sole survivor of a devastating train derailment mm. um, somewhere outside of Philadelphia in, in the US. Um, and he discovers, David Dunn, that he is possibly he possibly has superpowers. And he, he he can't he can't be he can't be hurt, he can't die. Um, and also when he touches people he gets a premonition of something 
bad that is about they're about to do. Well, they or, call it extrasensory perception or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, something. something it's like a. It, this is for me. Uh, in fact, all of these films really, when they're at their kind of comic book wackiness, I think it's as if Christopher Nolan made the X Men films. That's how I would kind of characterize them. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good. Um, yeah, that's a really good way of summing it up. Um, so yeah, so David Dunn has he, 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 after this train crash, he he has these newfound powers because he walks off without a scratch on him. That's the important point. He doesn't just survive; he walks off completely unscathed. Yeah, and then meets Elijah Price, played by Samuel L. Jackson, who is a uh, comic book aficionado, aficionado yes, um, and also has brittle bone disease. Yeah. Uh, and the and rarest form, I think. Rarest form, which apparently, like he, he could, you know, crumple like a, you know, like a piece of paper, like minute. a piece of glass, though. shatter like glass, yeah. um, which will become more uh, <laughs> obvious later. Yeah. Um, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, which leads us not so nicely onto Split, which is a pseudo sequel or a subtle sequel or a standalone sequel to Unbreakable. In fact, the only thing yes. that makes it a sequel is a two-second sting at the end. This was a movie that was marketed just as a low-budget thriller Yeah, with James God, McAvoy. God help anyone who saw it and hadn't seen Unbreakable. Well, 95% of the cinema that I sat in, I can remember sitting there in early 2017 yeah. watching the movie, having that brilliant twist of having Bruce Willis in The Stinger at the end and being like, so hang about, this must be a sequel to The Sixth Set. No, I'm joking, obviously. This must be a sequel to Unbreakable. And people just turned around in the foyer going, why was Bruce Willis in this movie? Uh, so, yeah, it was set 17 yeah. years a after the fact. Astonishing arrogance on M. Night Shyamalan's part that he would think... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. people saw this early film of his and would be immediately there like, oh, yeah, yeah of course. David Dunn. I mean, course. Bruce Willis even, ha- even has a name badge on in that yeah. scene. Like, just to remind well, I'll be honest with you, has kind I'd of seen Unbreakable movie. and I'd forgotten his name. I just knew, oh yeah, bald Bruce Willis yeah. and Nyak Shyamalan is uh, is unbreakable. Yeah. Bruce Willis with hair wig is is, uh, is sixth sense. Sixth sense. Yeah, I remember, I remember the first time I saw Unbreakable on TV late one night, and I thought it was the Sixth Sense when it started. Mm. I'd missed like the first, I'd missed the announcement that it was coming on. Of course. So I just and I'd never seen the Sixth Sense. Yeah. So I just see like, and he M- has a Sixth Sense in it. I see he? M Night Shyamalan come on the screen, like filmed by M Night Shyamalan, starring, starring Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. I was like, oh great, this is the Sixth Sense. Yeah. Took me a good two minutes into the film before I realised it wasn't. <laughs> um, the Split, though, is a uh, a kidnap movie. A man suffering from dissociative, dissociative yeah. identity disorder. Sorry, I should have let the psychology student amongst us actually uh, t- uh, do that. It's but fine, he um, did I do okay it's then? The reason I'm here. <laughs> he, uh, he. I mean, abducts... let's not get into the psychology of it because no. All right, it's whack. But there are this guy suffers from this disorder. Twenty. He has a split. Personality disorder, which has manifested into twenty-three separate personas, and you're about to meet the twenty-fourth. And you're about to meet the, that's of course you're about to meet the twenty-fourth. But he has, for reasons that we will discuss and will become known, he has abducted three teenage girls. Yeah, and hilarity ensues. and hilarity ensues, which takes us now on to Glass. Yes, um, this year's Glass. This year's Glass. We. This is more. I mean, this is obviously now just following very quick on the heels of of Split. Yeah. Um, and it's much more of a sequel to Split, I think, than Unbreakable. Really. Yeah. It's well, much I mean, more direct. Like, I think that 
Apparently, M. Night Shyamalan's turned around and said, you don't actually need to have seen either of the two preceding films in order to get this movie. I think less so, maybe, for Unbreakable. I think you kind of do need to have seen Split. I think you need to have seen Split, certainly. Um, Uh, You you should probably see both. You can maybe get away with not having seen Unbreakable. You won't get as much out of the movie without seeing both, but I think Split is much more of a necessity. Yes, certainly one of the nice touches of of this film is... Well, that's what nice... All the the original actors from Unbreakable will come back. Apart from uh, Robin... Uh, yes, yes. Apart from you see the back of her head, don't you? Robin Wright. Yeah. You see, well, you see a woman in <laughs> a, a wig. I assume was uh, was Robin Wright. Um, yes. So lovely touch to have the sun back. Yes. Seen as he hasn't actually aged in nineteen years. No, it's, no, weird. No, it's so good to know that you can still you can still act. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get the kids of the kid actors aren't great adult actors. Yeah, but it was weird because he looked like an adult as a child, and now he looks like <laughs> a child as an adult. He's it, Benjamin Buttoning. Yeah, he really eyes. is. Uh, so, uh, Glass, um, David Dunn is hot on the trail of of uh, James McAvoy's uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb, a.k.a. The Horde, a.k.a. Yeah. The Beast, AKA, all these other things. Um, so this film is set three weeks after the end of Split. But um, still 19 years after Unbreakable, yeah. which means that Split was a 2019 <laughs> release. <laughs> Sure yes. Yeah. Get, yeah. So yeah, that was, it was ahead of its time. That the events of uh, Split take place now. Anyway, um, he is on. He he, tr- he tracks uh, Kevin down, um, frees a bunch of uh, a cheerleading squad. But he's, he's, kidnapped, he's, kidnapped he's kidnapped more teenage, more teenage women, doesn't he? Um, and then he they are both apprehended by the authorities and taken to a psychiatric hospital under the care of Sarah Paulson's. Ellie Staple, who is there to tell them that they are not superheroes or supervillains. They they have a they have this rare illusion. They have a, a, a delusions, delusions of grandeur, yeah. a particular delusion of grandeur, which makes you think that you do have these superpowers. Joining them in the psychiatric hospital and and a person who's been there for nineteen years since his nefarious acts in, in Unbreakable is Elijah Price, aka Mister Glass. Yeah, hence the title. I think that kind of catches everyone up. I think that, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. That was a great previously on Nyo Shyamalan superhero (laughs) universe. Well done. Anyway, uh, if you've got an email for us, podcast at onerooftheview.com, we'll be doing uh, something else next month. Um, And hilarity ensues. Yeah. Um, Oh, uh, and I'll be honest with you, it does. Yes. There's a lot of hilarity in this movie. Intentional, unintentional, it's got a bit of everything going on. It's a circus. I would like to... As Shyamalan... Can only really do. Honestly, the man is... Uh, He's the greatest showman. I, I admire the guy's uh, p- persistence and, and, and devotion. And go- <laughs> just, yeah, just the gall of it. But this uh, glass is a bad film. Let's get out that out of the way. I disagree. First. No, I think it's... I disagree. It's, it, it, it's, it's bad. It's... What is... We need to define what bad means then. I mean, it, it, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, but it is... It's not great. Which... Okay, I, 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 I'm going to take that on, right? There's a critical backlash for this movie at the moment. It's doing very, very poorly on, apparently, the gospel of cinema, which is Rotten Tomatoes. The, ag- the aggregated score is, is crap, okay, from sure. what I understand, isn't sure. it? But there has this been kind of subsequent backlash to the backlash online, which is actually, this is a bit of a misunderstood... Masterpiece almost. Okay. This is one of Shyamalan's best movies. I disagree with that. Sure. Um, But I also know that Unbreakable was seen in a fairly similar light back in the day and is now seen to be one of his greatest movies. Um, 
Do you think there's any cross-pollination going on there? History is repeating itself? Maybe. Do you, like, do you have a fondness for the other two movies? Um, so I saw Split for the first time last night. Oh, okay, wow. And I thought it was okay. Mm. I thought it was good. I, I, I again, putting aside the uh, woeful representation of, of mental health <laughs> and various disorders thereof, I thought the concept was good. And I think this is the thing about Shyamalan. He has great He's got concepts. Great concepts. The guys have great ideas, man. Yeah. But Let, I think we're going to have get... to rarely, we're going to have to take these movies in order because they're quite okay. different. I actually do think we were right to say that Unbreakable is a very different movie to the next two, two which yeah. which form a much stronger bond than, than Unbreakable feels like it's outside the brackets almost. I completely so let's agree. start with Unbreakable, 19 yeah. years ago, 2000. Really before, well, well before all these kind of, the, the glut of superhero movies that came out. I know yeah, that, we had X-Men, didn't we? We had X-Men in the same year, is that right? Or yeah, was it just before, so, around, around that time. time? I know that the distributors were very reticent to market Unbreakable as a superhero movie. They didn't want anything in the marketing to be about superhero or superhero vil- uh, supervillains. It's interesting. Because they were there like, no one will go and see a superhero movie. <laughs> Fascinating that Split and then... Split came out and uh, Glass has now come out in the kind of very height of the yes. superhero golden age yeah, of cinema. Yeah. Fascinating concept. Shyamalan ahead of his time. Yeah. Again. I've always said that always about said. him. I've always said that about the bloke. Uh, but yeah, so Unbreakable, as you've already said, really focuses around this, this horrendous uh, train accident that happens right in the beginning of the movie. It's the first few minutes, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And it continues to mine the consequences of that. Um my relationship with Unbreakable is an odd one because, again, I said to you, you're absolutely right when you said it's an excellent concept that isn't an entirely realised one. Mm. My biggest criticism of Unbreakable is that just as it starts to get going, it ends. Yeah, there's a lot of build-up. There's a huge it's, amount of build-up. Yes. Yeah, it does feel like that. Because it? it's an origin story. David Dunn is going from being the reluctant hero to having to kind of embrace the fact that he may well be a superhuman mm. and is he going to use his superhuman abilities for the better of mankind is he going to become a superman and just as he makes that decision the credits roll and i just felt like it's such a well mined concept and it's 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 a really lovely deconstruction of the superhero mytho- mytholo- uh, mythology yeah that actually, to kind of end it with that really blase, oh yeah, by the way, he he reported um, Elijah, and Elijah is now in a mental institution, roll credits. It was just such a glib, facetious ending. Yes. Um, and that's my biggest problem with Unbreakable, is that it, it is all set up for I, a four-second twist. I completely agree. I completely agree. It, um, but this is the thing, like, Shyamalan with his concepts and his ideas, and it's really good, and then he just doesn't really carry them out so well I mean if there's any Shyamalan film that deserved a sequel I think it's it's unbreakable mm. um, so in many ways it's nice that we do get those we've got two you know, two now yeah um, although as I say I feel like you, you'd called it a standalone sequel split earlier on and I think that does describe you know you could you could go from unbreakable straight to to glass, glass yeah it would, you know you'd still yeah you'd still it's a, you're right yeah um, so no I, I, I completely agree um because Glass was obviously never a kind of a, a set thing. It only it only happened because of the wild success of Split. 
Yes. Split was a big success. It was, yeah, you yeah. Know, like it really, people were talking about it being a return to form for Shyamalan, and it was like very B movie and all that kind of stuff. Um, Unbreakable. It's a quite a beautifully shot film. I think there's some really interesting stuff going on there. Uh, I think Bruce Willis does some of his best work maybe ever in Unbreakable. I really enjoy what he does in there. I think there's a lot of interesting things. Its biggest strength is this constant deconstruction of superhero mythology, yes. which I suppose has become even better with time because with, with every year well, we have more we and have more so examples. Many of them yeah, yeah, to, yeah, absolutely. To set it against. Um, and, which I think makes Elijah Price such an interesting character. Um you know, he's there sort of not only he's not only is the villain he is the villain of the piece, he's, he's sort of almost like uh Dunn's mentor in a way. You know, yeah, he, definitely. He's there sort of explaining why He's of he's at his most interesting in Unbreakable. He becomes somewhat ludicrous in in the his his titular film. Uh, yeah. he becomes much more like Palpatine esque, I think, in Glass. Whereas in in Unbreakable, Mr. Glass, Elijah Price could actually exist. That it was grounded in that sense of realism, and you know his obsession, his obsession with Dunn, his obsession with comic book mythology is far more relevant to the story. Yeah, he is just a maniac. This is where this is where one of my problems with Glass is that it kind of does away with the uh, the 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 grounded in realism esque nature of Unbreakable. Yeah, Um, this idea that yes, this is a person who could do these things and could carry out, you know, and could feasibly. Um, spoiler alert! Uh, I think we're going to spoil all these movies. We'll spoil all these movies. Turn them off. <laughs> Turn this podcast off if you don't want them spoiled. We need to spoil them. Yeah, all. Could, who could feasibly orchestrate a train crash simply to find his his uh, arch enemy? Yeah, know, simply to find his match. I think um, if we, I, I wish we got that reveal. You know, like Shyamalan has become so synonymous with twists. But a lot of his twists happen in the last 30 seconds of the movie. I wish they'd happen like 10, 20 minutes before the end so we could see the consequences of that. Yeah. I felt exactly the same about Sixth Sense. I, like, I really like the Sixth Sense. I, hate, I, I kind of hate where the twist is mm. because Willis's realisation that he's dead in the Sixth Sense happens about 15 seconds before the credit roll. And it's just one last jab to the throat so that you're in, you end up talking about the twist more than the concept or the story behind yeah. it. But I mean, hey, you've got we we have now we do know we do now know thanks to glass we yeah. now know the consequences of yeah. the twisted unbreakable. Yeah, you're we've had right. To wait, we had to wait 19 years for it. <laughs> Thank but, God we did. But we've, we've I'm, I'm we've glad I didn't die on the on the journey, Dan. I finally get all the answers to the to the B movie of uh, Six Sense back from when I was nine years old. Um, so split. Are we split on this? No, I like Split a lot. Yeah. I, I like Split. In fact, actually, my my criticism of Split is quite a weird one in that Split is very good until it becomes a comic book movie. Yeah. I think that it's a, a fantastically tight, very unnerving, creepy thriller, more so... Uh, really coming from the back of things like the Fritzel case. I thought it was almost like a weird companion piece of that movie you loved from a few years ago of Room. Oh, you know, yeah, It's yeah, literally yeah. an abduction story, and abduction stories are so awful and so creepy and claustrophobic, and he really minds that claustrophobia. And on top of the claustrophobia, you've got a tour de force set of performances from James McAvoy. Oh, no, McAvoy is, is, is outstanding. He um, is super. Super, spectacular, honestly. The way that he brings... I love the fact that with characters like Hedwig and Patricia, 
you can tell which one he is just from his stature. Yeah, I was going to say that there's a physicality to McAvoy in this film, which mm. is 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 quite uh, incredible. I that. love the fact. I also love that he's so unlikely. I wouldn't have cast McAvoy in this movie. No, well, they very nearly didn't. It was supposed to be Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, really? Yeah. See, he probably would have been a choice of mine. I would have probably thought, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix would probably have been in the top three five people I would have cast in this movie. McAvoy would have been anywhere near it. No, it's and unusual. That's why he's so good. He plays against type, doesn't he? Mm. 24 times. 24 times over, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's what I like about Split. I like, it, I like everything about Split except for probably its final act, which I think is a bit meh. It just mm. gets a bit silly towards the end. Yes. No, you're, 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 you're right. I... I suppose, unfortunately, I saw Split knowing that Glass existed and knowing the twist. I didn't. See, I saw it in its opening weekend and I had no which, idea. Which completely changes the, the mm. you know, your, your feeling towards the movie. All those conversations they have in the film about, you know, is the beast real? Is it possible that a human can, mm. just by, by virtue of believing that one can, become More. This, this unbreakable, uh, you know, impenetrable beast that can... Climb, you know, scramble walls with whole shotgun and have, pellets. You know, yes, with, yeah, it has this brute, superhuman strength, mm. um, which I imagine would have been quite interesting to watch uh, firsthand. But once you know this, when you know the twist, it, it, it takes it away somewhat. Yeah, um, it's like a lot of these movies. Movies have to be more than twists. They yeah. can't just be magic tricks that set up this final kind of thing. They've got to be more. They need to have more substance. And I like Split. I think it has a lot of substance. I like Anya Taylor Joy. Um, McAvoy, as I said, is absolutely fantastic. The, the claustrophobic nature, the cinematography is wonderful. I like the psychiatric angle up to and including the part where it gets stupid towards the end. <laughs> That's the bit when it's you know the last thirty minutes is where I, where the old woman gets comes to the zoo. Yeah, that's that, where it starts to yes, go wrong. because because then it was like that's that's one character bad decision too much. I mm. think. I mean, you, you can understand. I, mean, I just. I didn't believe that Dr. Fletcher would make that decision. No, she's, um, she is an eminent kind of person in her yeah. field. And this is the thing that I think Shyamalan does in a lot of his films, is that you, everyone, they're all chess pieces for him to move around. And everyone does things because he's obviously written it that way. Yeah. And it's, it, but and obviously I know that's the case for anything, but Shyamalan, it, it seems to be obvious. There seems to be a lot of things that happen simply because they have to, have happen. to happen that way for Shyamalan to yeah, advance the script in a certain fashion. Interesting um, and you, so like Dr. Fletcher is presented as this incredibly intelligent woman who understands uh, McAvoy's Kevin and understands his 23 personalities. And, and has a good bond with them, the yeah, well, well, particularly Barry. You know, um, and then does this, you know, does this thing where she goes and visits him at home and it uh, just seems... She seems to have a suspicion that he's behind... The disappearance of these three girls. Oh, she knows right from the beginning um, because one of the personas has a uh, a kind of uh, a kink yeah. for, for young. But doesn't ever act, never goes to the authorities about it. No, she just goes to that um, woman who's watching like Family Fortunes or whatever, doesn't she? That there's, you're right to say there are certain peculiar scenes which seem to kind of be bunged in. Yeah, his own his own um, his own cameo. He kind of he loves a cameo. Yeah. They, um, they try and world build in, in Glass. Both of us, we actually watched the film together, <laughs> listener, as well. Both of us chuckled at Shy Amberland. Um, good, yeah, so. good to have him back. Good to have Shy Amberland back. But Split um, is, is at its most excellent when it is that taut B movie thriller. All yeah. of the stuff that's set in the, well, what you think is like a basement or whatever, the girls being absolutely terrified. And also, every time you hear the door, you don't know which McAvoy's coming out. 
that's what's the best thing about that movie. Mm. When as soon as the door gets opened, as soon as the girls get free, as it were, and it builds up to this kind of fairly standard traditional climax. You're yes. right to say that. That's when things start to get a bit stupid. Although I did, I did very much enjoy the the uh, the juxtaposition between the the beast heading back towards the compound and the. Uh, the Marsha character trying desperately to open her locked door with a hanger. Yeah. That that just you don't you don't see her you just see the the, the it's all shot from, sort of shot from under the, the bottom, door yeah. and you just see this you're hanging looking up at and you're watching and going oh god come on open it get out of there get yeah out of and, it. and that's the thing yeah. about Shyamalan is that I actually sometimes feel he's he's the critics are out to get him at a certain point because he's made some ridiculous movies yeah but there is a kind of gung ho balls out nature to his movies and and I can't say there's few of them. There's very few where I'm like, this movie is genuinely terrible. And that's why I think, which probably takes us quite nicely to glass, because you think you said in, in your intro there that this is a bad movie. I, I, like, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> You're right when you say about Split being good, but until you realise it's part of this same universe. Yeah. Well, you realise it's a superhero film, and then David Dunn is in the final clip, Bruce Willis is there. And now I knew that scene existed, but I wasn't aware of the. Like how it had been, how it came comes mm. about, like how it um, plays out. Yeah, and it's so clumsy and shoehorned in. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's almost goes, laughable. Oh, that, that, the, the horde is yeah. kind of like a comic book uh, name. Yes, someone else had a someone comic else book had name. that. Fifteen. Well, that's a, that's interesting because she says fifteen years ago, I think, in the in the clip. Yeah, so so it's all the, the, the continuity is all over the place. But anyway, but yeah, this did they not top you? Did they not give you a call or apparently not? Oh, fine. So they're watching this news report about how they've discovered, obviously, uh, they've discovered uh, Anya Taylor Joy's character, Casey. Um, Casey's been found safe and well, yeah. but but the horde has run off. I suppose it's implied that Casey has given a statement to the police, and the police have thought it's so batshit mental they yeah. leaked it. Yeah. she's the only one. Knows, him up. She's the only one that knows that they call themselves the horde, right? Oh, do they call themselves the horde in Split, or is that a moniker that's given to them by the media? Though I can't really remember. Well, that, that, but, but, but there's a waitress, right, the waitress yeah. there. She's like, oh my god, you know, the, the horde. Did they? Didn't something weird happen like 15 years ago? And they gave a guy, uh, they gave a fu- guy a funny name. Yeah, and that obviously allows Bruce Willis. Yeah, to, it was uh, uh, Colonel Gaddafi, <laughs> I think, wasn't it? <laughs> I was thinking, what kind? Of, what a random thing for anyone to say at yeah. any point. Like the media are constantly giving killers fantastical names. Yeah. and and the Zodiac and Killer. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know. The, yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's always some kind of moniker you give someone the to... The Moore's murderer, the Yorkshire Ripper. The fact that we're supposed to live in some sort of universe where nothing remarkable has happened in the last 15 years, for someone to be able to, some waitress to be able to say, that reminds me of this random thing that someone did. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right to say it's kind of shoehorned. It was, it, it, I, was, I, it was laughable. I was like, like going, oh my but, God, that's so... But that scene worked only for the audience that, like me, who saw it on opening week and and kind of didn't have long enough for it to digest, just more for it to be like, oh, so this is an yeah, unbreakable yeah. thing, which was a genuinely... And I will say this, I loved it when I saw it. You're right to say it's clumsy now, but in the heat of the no, moment... I get that. Yeah. You know, it, was a, it was a nice added extra. And maybe that's, I mean, that's one of the problems with Shyamalan films is that once that... You, you were right when you said you, all you think about is the twist and everyone just talks about the twist mm. and you forget about the rest of the movie but that's why I like and, uh, Glass that's why I think Glass works because Glass isn't predicated on you need to have a twist here and of all the movies in this East or the Eastway 117 or whatever yeah, it's called yeah, trilogy or whatever yeah. this is this is the movie that embraces the madness the most 
Oh yeah, no, they completely go for it. He doesn't try really and make this too much of uh, like no. like softly, softly catchy. And we're back day. from we, we we flip back from where Split was this very kind of taut thriller. We're now like no, this is just where this is my comic book film. I'm yeah, making, I'm making a comic book film. It is a budget. We've got a stuff. hero. We've got villains. You know, the budget is X times amount more than I, mean, I think Split was made for like nine million. Yeah, and this is crazy, about twenty small, million. I think this is yeah, more. Like, yeah, to have any movie made on nine million dollars is, is insane these days. Well, apparently Shyamalan um, put the money up himself. How many paid it in for himself? Well, there you go. It's paid dividends now, hasn't mm. it? Um, and yeah, Glass. I just. Uh, to go back to what I said about how there, so, there are characters in, in these Shyamalan films that make stupid decisions for things, or things happen in a way because Shyamalan says they have to happen that way, that is no more obvious than in events in Glass, where yeah. this... I mean, I, I don't know who this, where, these, where this hospital finds its security staff from. Obamacare. But that, <laughs> that this is supposed to be the secure hospital... Um, yeah. And... I don't know if Shyamalan thinks he's a lot smarter than he actually is. Well, they're all avatars, aren't they? But they're all kind of like, you're right to say that they all exist to say, right, this, this and this has to happen. But yeah. th- do you know what? There's a really strange stigma <laughs> regarding people who work in like health facilities, like porters or just yeah. general kind of like people who work in hospitals. They're always the most incompetent or evil people in the world. Like, I'm going to join this psychiatric ward so I can torment the mad for the rest of my career. Yeah, it's a strange one. It's, it's a strange... strange... Yeah, they're either, they're either sadistic or they're just stupid. Yeah, um, or both. Like, I thought it was insane. Like, there's, again, spoilers. This we are definitely going to spoil this movie. The, the, the breakout scene where, where Glass tells uh, the Beast, you know, we're going to have to get someone else from the horde. To, we're we're going to walk out of here. Mm. And Tomorrow. Somehow, no, no, no. Yeah, but when on the, on the day of, and oh, sorry, yeah, you, you need to wheel me out. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. There are no problems here at all. Well, McAvoy's got a hat on, Dan. McAvoy's just sorry. What do you want? Yeah, McAvoy's done up in drag. Yeah. Like, um, and and just wheels like the security guards. Like, oh yeah, sure. That seems that seems legit. Yeah. No questions asked. I mean, this is a poorly run facility. Yeah. And I, for one, am not going to stand for it. <laughs> Yeah. No, I just think it's lazy writing. It is kind of, but like I... by all means, have your batshit crazy character you know, and these crazy characters and this kind of mental. This you know, just go full on like comic book uh, mode. But there's got to be. Don't get me wrong. I, there... I just hate characters. I agree. I hate things happening because they just need to happen. There are... there's, no, there's no finesse to it. There are some big flaws in this movie, um, and I'll I'll name them. Right, the flaws are that Bruce Willis has waited 19 years to be in the end of the Unbreakable trilogy and is in this movie for about eight minutes. Most of it spent inside a cell. <laughs> Most of it spent, Sopping wet. Yeah, and, and mute. <laughs> he, he doesn't get much to do. He doesn't get anywhere near enough to do, frankly, in this movie. Um, Anya Taylor-Joy shouldn't have been in this movie. Her story was complete in Again, I just find this strange. I, I found that a very strange. Yeah, that's um, just because she's addition. very popular. She's a rising star and they kind of want to link it back to Split. But she should not have been in this movie. Your your point of um, how Split treats mental illness in a very vulgar sense, I would say that they they do this. Shyamalan's done the same thing with victims. If you had been abducted in the most traumatic sense, you, yeah. I think that that was a kind of yeah. Thing. So Casey Casey Cook uh, has seen the that she's been abducted and held prisoner. Mm. By a man who can who has twenty four different personalities, including yeah. one that 
eats two of her friends, yeah. the, two, the two fellow fellow captors, and kills a woman in front, kills an elderly woman, and and um, and, le- and kind of lets her go on a uh, whim. Yeah, lets her go on this sort of strange mor- morality thing where, where she has clearly suffered. She suffered because she's um, molested by her, her uncle. We fast forward three weeks. Yeah. She's forgiven. From that event. She's back at school. She's in a foster family. She's somehow got rid of her uncle in the space of three weeks. Oh, yeah. I forgot and, that was in 21 days. He's gone to and jail. He's gone to jail days. because she's come out and just said, oh, by the way, this guy molested me for the last... Yeah, the system works, that. Years. The system works. Um, and... I, 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 yeah. That was a mixed, mixed, a mixed trick, actually. And then, the, she, and then she but then she wants to she wants to go back in and, and, and help with the, the, you know, wants to meet. Kevin again, mm, rehabilitate him. Even though she really had nothing much to do, there was not. I just felt there was nothing. You're right, Dan. This is a no, bad movie. There was nothing in Split that suggested that Casey would be interested in trying to redeem Kevin. She met him for all of a few seconds. Yeah, yeah. It's the beast that lets her go ultimately, not Kevin. Yeah, I thought it was very strange. Um, but yeah, what was your other flaw? You said there was more flaws. So. I've said Willis, I've said... Um, well, may I just say, yeah. i tell you what, it's a great stroke of like that bus she's on stops just outside Raven. I mean, imagine that, a bus that actually yeah. does stop straight outside. So a a mental door. institution yeah. in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. that's the 96, yeah, I to, think. A light here for, for, the, for Raven Hill Psychiatric <laughs> Hospital. Sure. We're going all the way to Arkham. Um, <laughs> Carry on, yeah. yeah uh, Samuel L. Jackson doesn't really get enough to do until the end of the movie. I think they could have layered that in slightly. And there was one particular scene that goes on for far too long, and it's the scene from the trailer where Sarah Paulson's character gets all three characters in a room. Although That's, I have to say, I love the way that was set. It was, it was, but it was interminably long. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. lasts for about 25 minutes. It feels like being in like a pinter play at that point, <laughs> where she's got these characters, and it's just purely exposition. But apart from that, the kind of mad stuff that's going on around it, I really enjoyed. And I continue to enjoy the deconstruction of the superhero stuff. I thought that was a really. I, I I still thought that was pretty on point. I no, like I do. It. I do, yeah, I liked that. I did. I did enjoy the deconstruction. Um, and I think again, Shyamalan has got a great concept on his hands. And it kept me entertained. Um, uh, it's two hours of entertaining stuff. There's there's no even that interminably long scene. There was no part of this movie that I was bored in. It gave me two hours of fuel. Mm. Loads of it doesn't work. And I think if we start to look at it too closely, you're right to say that the the, the splits in the glass. Um, that, that do absolutely start to to become almost overwhelming. And just, just like you know, you're given this idea that Glass is this is this superhuman. He has this, you know, the mastermind. He's incredibly clever. He's clever. But isn't that him. just something but, that was brought into Glass? That was my final flaw. Yeah. You know that he's now a genius. That wasn't really kind of mentioned too much in Unbreakable. It was, it was this yeah, it was, comic book yeah, was, nerd that had too much time on his hands. touched upon, I think. Now it's like he's got a photographic memory. Yeah. He, so, he, 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 that, that's new. I'm sure that's new. But also everyone else around him just Podcast seems... Podcast Everyone though, else so. just seems to be thick. Mm, yeah. Like, he does a bunch of things that, you know... Like, he gets... Like, a, lot of stuff, a lot of stuff is possible in this film because of the incompetence of... Others. Other like, characters like Ellie Staple. Yeah. Um, who it turns out is part of this shadowy organisation that is 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 well, that's the hell twist. bent on on keeping heroes under wraps. Yeah, because the twist of that you find out that the way that Shyamalan's linked them is it's all to do with the train and that Kevin's father um, was on the train. Uh, yes. that, that yeah, Willis, Willis which a lot of people on. actually had as soon as the um, as, uh, you know as soon as the film came out, a lot mm. of people 
theorised yeah. was the case. I, I because... certainly didn't see this as any big twist. I mm. just was like, yeah. Because it's weird that they play it as a twist in this movie. Because um, Glass goes through the files. Yes. I don't know what facility's still getting everything on a typewriter, by the way, as well. Why that's not in the cloud, I don't know. But he uh, goes through some Got to have files. backups. Got to have your paper Got backups. Got some backups, absolutely. And, um, yeah, and then he and he kind of goes, <gasps> and he throws the paper and stuff like that. And I was thinking, oh, is there going to be something more? Is there going to be something more than he died on the train, which I think is established law? And then they play it at the end as, like, that's going to be the big twist. The shadow organisation thing I thought was inconsequential. I wasn't bothered about that. Mm. Didn't bother me at all. But, yeah, you're right. You look too closely at it, you're probably going to be annoyed. But it's entertaining. Yeah. And i tell you what, I do, the other thing I like about Shyamalan, especially, especially in these films, I think more than any of his others, he bloody he's bloody good with color. Yeah, he he he, he knows films. he knows how to do he knows how to put themes into things. Yeah, the comic where when Joseph Dunn goes to the comic book store, the hero section is is lit up in green. The villain section is lit up in purple. Glass's color is purple. David Dunn's character is, the is green. Is green. God. At the, the, in the final shot where the three of them, Joseph, um, Glass's mother and Casey, are sat on the bench in the station. That he's wearing green, she's wearing purple, she's wearing sort of muted yellow brown colours, which are so, uh, 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 it's pretty much the colour palette of Split. That is, I mean, he's, you know, that's, think, that's good. I like I think that. That's, that. It's nice. Yeah, I saw someone say this online. Sorry, I'm not crediting you. I'm not passing this off as my own idea. They said that if M. Night Shyamalan had been European, he would be seen as an auteur. He'd be seen as like a kind of Von Trier style character. Yeah. Because he's American, he's kind of, He's seen as like an idiot, or he's like seen as someone who is like a lesser kind of director, kind of yeah, like a power man Spielberg. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. I've enjoyed most of the stuff I, 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 that Shyamalan does, I, and I think, I think he's perfectly entertaining. I probably won't rewatch Glass, but I definitely enjoyed it for a couple of hours. Okay, we're bobbing all three, three, I imagine. Yeah, kick us off with Unbreakable. I'm going to go with three bob for Unbreakable. I think it's a Perfectly entertaining movie. Yeah, its con- concept is wasted, and the ending is far too abrupt. Just as it starts to get going, just as that electricity starts to pump through, the credits are on, and, yeah. and so no, you're it disappoints right. because yeah. of that. No, absolutely, I completely agree. Three Bob film for Unbreakable. Split. I'm going to go with Three Bob. Uh, Split is mostly a four Bob movie until that final deal round. <laughs> yes. As soon as it yeah. starts to get wacky and superhero-y, which of course it has to because it needs to be both the of course you know the younger brother to uh, to Unbreakable and then of course the older brother to, to Glass but other than that as a horror movie as a thriller it's mm. very tall so three bob yeah yeah I, I, yep, again I was toying with the idea of giving it four but I think overall it is once you take it all into account it's a three bob film for mm. sure um, so we've agreed so far but I feel we may be split on Glass don't be so Unbreakable Dan <laughs> Um, I, I I'm that go one doesn't even work <laughs> you've just said the title <laughs> me and Shyamalan still in talks I'm going to go with three bob for glass as well it is perfectly entertaining yes it's kind of a bit ridiculous it, it, but it's so for me it embraces the wackiness to a far greater extent than the other two and in doing so it kind of maybe slightly papers over the, the, the cracks in it I'm giving it two. I think it does embrace the wackiness, but I think it also exposes the worst of Shyamalan, which is that he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't quite orchestrate his grand concepts as, he, as well as he might like. Okay, let us know what you think. Podcast at oneroomwiththeview.com.
Reloaded. Thank you, Christopher. Now, I think I did that one last podcast, but I did such a terrible job of it. Well, you were doing it like a kind of... You were like Bez, weren't you? Yes, it wasn't great. great. I'm not not good with the sound effects. But so, some film new reloaded. This this is a surprise feature. Mm. I I teased it at the beginning of the show. I didn't say what film it was going to be. Mm. Um, Well, I'm really looking forward to your... your, It's Dan who's going to be doing this. Dan has seen this film. I'll let him introduce it. We were going to actually do this as our main film. I was going to say, I can't remember, did we, did we hint at it? I'm not sure it? if we did hint at it, but the, unfortunately we've had to kind of reschedule things, as is, I think we'll want to do. So, I, But I haven't seen this movie yet, and I'm so looking forward to seeing what Dan has got to say. Yes. So, Dan, what so is if it? you listened to last month's podcast and we did indeed say what we were going to be doing... Then don't worry about it. Then you already know. But if, you're, if you haven't, you haven't been paying attention. The twist, Dan. The twist, the, the podcast twist. And we're doing this a good third of the way into the podcast yeah. rather than the final 20, 12 seconds. We've learned from someone's mistakes, Dan. I, a couple of weeks ago, I saw um, Adam McKay's latest Vice, the yes. Dick Cheney biopic. Mm, uh, dedicated to Satan. Dedicated, dedicated to Satan. Starring Christian Bale, our very own Christian Bale. Um, as the former Vice President of the United States. Vice President to George Bush, uh, Vice President during the September 11 attacks, and then subsequently throughout the War on Terror. Um, that was basically his thing, wasn't it? Which is, which is his thing. Which This film posits that you know Dick Cheney kind of benefited from uh, the terror attacks and then for, you know... From the kind of general... Needed, needed a war to take place. General kind of audi- audience hoi polloi. This is a movie in which... Christian Bale does his trick, which is to transform physically, magnificently so, it, for a role. It's astonishing mm. the 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 transformation, and actually, but also, you know, not to not, I don't want to to belittle the the rest of the cast members. The transformation that all the cast goes. So who's in it? Is Dan? quite incredible. So you, you, top of the pack, you've got you've got Christian Bale as Dick Cheney there, yeah. playing uh, playing his wife. Lynn Cheney is is Amy Adams, mm. who you know is is, is marvelous, and actually, you forget it's Amy Adams half the time. Such Still as not going to win that Oscar for it, though. Probably not. No. Doubt uh, it. Completing the setup is Steve Carell as a uh, spot-on um, Donald Rumsfeld, who was Secretary of Defence at the time uh, and has been part of American politics for years and years and years. Uh, it's, it's 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 remarkable actually how much Steve Carell actually already physically looks a bit like uh, at, at Rumsfeld. So, you know, a little bit of age, old age makeup, and then, and you got him dead on. Um, and then sporting a. a a pretty decent fake nose and a grey wig is Sam Rockwell as as George W. As W. As W. Yeah. Um, as W himself. Um, so a lot of there was a lot of anticipation for this film, Dan, mm. and you and I were, were part of that. Yeah. Seems like it's kind of slightly tripped on on the finale though. So you know so, there seems to be a bit of a backlash towards it. Talk, talk me through it. What's going on? I love the trailer for this film. I don't know if anyone saw the first trailer when it's it came good, out. Yeah, it's a good um, set to, yeah, it's wonderful shots from the film. It's set to a a song by the Killers called "I'm the Man," um, and it's just—it's a perfect—it's a perfect, it's a perfect uh, trailer for a film like this. So the trailer where Cheney is seen without his shirt on, yes, and you see how big Bale actually yeah. got for the a role. scene that's not in the—it's not actually in the movie, yeah. yeah which I know a lot I'm, of people. I was trying to work. I, I've been trying to—I've been trying sort of retrospectively trying to figure out where that would have been in the mm. film, but I, I can't work it out. Um, so yeah, a lot of anticipation for this because this is the first time there's ever been a biopic about. Dick Cheney himself. We've, what a fascinating we've had, character he is. We've had Oliver Stone's W with Josh Brolin, and in that, Richard Dreyfus played Cheney as a supporting role. We've never really had anything that's looked at Cheney, and he is a fascinating character. 
Um, he's been involved in a lot of Republican, <laughs> a lot of Republican administrations. I was going to say, or evil, or yes, synonymous with evil. If that, that's what you, th- yeah, <laughs> depending on your political uh, allegiances, um, and and yeah, was was because it did it, he he didn't build the Death Star though. I think he was the. I think he designed something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was particularly. Yeah, I think he definitely built the death ray part. Yeah, <laughs> by hand. By, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> distantly related to Grand Moff Tarkin. This is the closest um, that one room, room of the view show will ever get to satire. By the way, this is our what a treat. Yeah, what soft a treat. punch at satire. Um, so the film itself. So the film is so. So Bale plays Cheney from the ages of I. I think about nineteen. Wow! Up until what does that look like? Uh, so I haven't d- seen any of that. Like Bale, it's uh, you know, Bale with a sort of sixties wig on, you know, mm. sort of sideburns. Um, so yeah, nineteen, early twenties, the cool. college age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Cheney was a Cheney was a reprobate back in the day, you know. And it's Lynn Cheney, Lynn, uh, you know, his girlfriend at the time, comes along and says, "You've got to buck yourself up." I, you know, I could. I, I might go and pick another uh, college boy. I, you know, I've got people interested. Yeah, Barack but, is but, doing well on campus at the moment. <laughs> but I, I want you. I, you know, you, are you going to buck your ideas up? So the she, implication being that you know she's the Lady Macbeth sure, in this scenario. Say, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and then we follow him basically throughout. Um, there's a few time hops, but it pretty much sticks to a linear timeline of him going into you know going into uh, into an intern program in Congress, meeting Rumsfeld for the first time, interning for him. Getting himself into the uh, uh, Gerald Ford um, administration, and and then obviously then they lose election, and he comes back, uh, does a bit does a bit for Reagan, um, where he becomes a congressman, and then in a rare show of, of of Cheney being a halfway decent human, he decides not to run for president. Even I mean the numbers are not looking great anyway, but he decides he's not going to bother because his daughter his youngest daughter is is gay and he worries about the uh scrutiny she'll be under and the abuse she might receive during a campaign mm. if, if it came out that she was um was a lesbian and he and he declines um fast forward 12 years and bush asks him to be his vp hilarity and, ensues. and hilarity ensues so he's back um it's a lot to cram in. It's like Mackay wants to really... Spoiler alert, but I don't really think it matters too much in biopics, if I'm being honest with you. Where does it end, then? Um, there's a lot of focus on the first term, so there's a lot of focus on September 11 okay. and, the, and, and the war in, in Iraq and yeah. Afghanistan. And then it sort of basically brushes over the second term, oh. and then Obama wins, and... Uh, He's just screaming at the and, end, and it, like, like yeah. Vader at the end of <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, there's a the ends the final scene is a sort of imagined interview, TV interview, which he he so he's just there being about to be about to be interviewed, and it's it's quite I like it apparently. And this was apparently something they improvised on the day. Uh, midway through the interview, he stops talking to the interviewer and starts addressing the audience. Right. And basically says, "Look, you know what? You know, I, I dismiss all this nonsense. That I'm a, I'm a bad guy. You know, you 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 voted me in. You wanted me. You needed me. Mm. You know, you need change. Someone like myself." And that's that's quite good, and that's how it ends. Is but it worth watching then? I think so. Like I, Bale puts in a five star performance in in what is ultimately a three star film. Okay. There's a lot, of, you know. There's a lot of. It's not. It's not as engaging or as like enlightening a watch as The Big Short. Yeah, because I was going to say I was going to mention The Big Short because that was very much 
the director's transition or trying to jump from the likes of Anchorman yeah. to prestige films, is it a jump that's quite worked on? Well, no, I think he should keep making films like this. Yeah. I do. There, there is something there, and there, and he does. You know, there, there is a level of 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 humor in it. You know, he took the right at the very beginning. They said this little title card comes up and says, "Look, Dick Cheney is one of the most secretive people in the in you know, secretive leaders in the world." We not everyone knows the full story. We have you know we don't know what's what went down. You know, look, we we tried our fucking best. But yeah. It says that in the thing. It's like we fucking tried, okay? Yeah. And he's like, okay, so that's where we are. We're going with the kind, you know. It's we're going to be playing a little fast and loose with it. You get the gist, but so you, you don't, don't learn off. anything. No, no, Mackay hates Cheney. It's yeah, like he wants to, and he and he tries very hard at points to sort of paint Cheney as this villain and someone who is the precursor to Trump. And you know, there's there are there are clips. A young Trump turns up in it, like archive footage of Trump. There's archive footage of Mike Pence. There's archive footage of Jeff Sessions turning up in these things. Sort of very, he's labouring very hard. To sort of tell you, look, you know, this is you're not paying attention. This is where it's got us. Right. So it, it's almost kind of um, a bit like a history repeating itself kind of thing. Almost a bit. Maybe. But we don't learn anything really new. I don't think. And 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 as someone who I can't say I've studied it with any great extent, but I don't think it, it, it's lazy and reductive to sort of say there is a line between Janey and Trump. They, okay. they they represent two very different faces of conservatism. Um, you know, Trump is an opportunist. Yeah, Cheney had some, you know, he had a, he had, a, he had an ideology. Yeah. He wanted, you know, he he believed in something. Trump doesn't believe in anything, mm. and to sort of say, oh well, Cheney kind of led us to Trump is a bit, glib. you know, yeah, it's glib. Um, so, and I think Cheney is a more nuanced character than than McKay and and Bale get across. Do you think um, it will do much for in terms of award season? You know. Uh, Oscar, uh, at, at time of recording, Oscar nominations uh, will come out on Tuesday. I would put money on Bale getting, a nom- getting nominated and possibly even winning. He's he is very good, and it is a you know it's a complete transformation. It's um, not a great year as well, is it? So. Mm, um, but it could have been. I, I it was not as good a film as I hoped it would be. See, I that's the sad thing for, about these when they really, could have been great. Yeah. Is that the point you're you're saying? Like, advice could have been. great? I think it could have been great, and I think actually like. I, you know, McKay's obviously he puts forward his entire he puts forward Cheney's pretty much his entire particular life for us to kind of dissect and yeah. and analyze from. Um and we are led along the way by Jesse Plemons narrator. Okay, I can't remember who he gives the character. He's a name. great actor. He's a great actor. Um and I don't I, I don't know if I want to spoil it for you. Um Would you want me to watch it? I think you should watch it. Okay, then don't. But yeah, so um but the, he he plays a the reason Jesse Plemons' character is narrating becomes very significant. Uh, right. But again, I yeah. Um, so what kind of bob are you giving it then? I it's I think it's a three bob film, but with a five. But but, bob but like Bale's like the performances are great. Yeah. I just think it took it 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 just went for the, the lowest common denominator in terms of analyzing this fascinating man. No matter what you might. Think of him. So hopefully we <laughs> how, like how Ollivander describes Voldemort. You know, he did you know great things, terrible, terrible but, but great. great. So <laughs> hopefully we might have a kind of better, like maybe a documentary that's going to come out in the next few, year, uh, few yeah, years. Yeah, there's maybe. a great Cheney film to be made. It's just not this one. This isn't it. Yeah, it's 2019. That's our jingle. That's the jingle, which we just literally just thought up on the spot just then. Um, 
so yeah, just to round, twelve months in to, the making to round up to round out the end of this first show of the new year. Um, seems like a good chance, good chance as any, to talk about what we are most looking forward to. The last show of twenty eighteen, we did our top tens of the year. Let's talk about now what we are, what what is perhaps you know got us really excited for the year ahead. Well, twenty nineteen both fills me with great excitement and a great sense of dread, Dan. And, and one company is to blame for both of those emotions, and that company is Disney. Ah, yes. Small uh, startup. A small really, startup. Really yeah, we're coming into their own. We've been keeping an eye on them for a little while. I don't want to kind yeah. of put our names in the hat there, but we've kind of been keeping tabs on what's going on. The thing that terrifies me is that all of the major releases of this movie seem to be being released from one yeah. company. And I that kind of slightly worries me that we're yeah, getting this very... Quite the, uh, quite the monopoly. I think Kevin Feige is now just the monopoly man. Isn't yeah. He? Sat in an office, like, and... tossing money around. <laughs> With a little monocle. Yeah, he doesn't mon- wear that baseball cap anymore. He's got this lovely top, top hat. Yeah. The thing that just worries me is that, are we just getting these very homogenised blockbusters? Is, is is everything become, beginning to feel a little bit samey? You know, mm. does everything taste the same? Um I don't know if that's going to be an argument really for this particular section of the podcast. Maybe that's something we'll talk about a little bit later on. But I will say that the excitement comes from that same emotion. It's very much the Schrodinger emotion. And it's, you know, the things I'm excited are coming from the House of Mouse, Dan. Uh, I can't, we can't discuss this without talking about two movies I know we're probably the most excited for. I'll go out on a limb. And that's going to be Avengers Endgame. Never heard of it. And, well, (laughs) think about this one then, Star Wars Episode Nine. They're going to yes. be too big. They're they? big. I mean, I, I was just having a scroll. It, it, you're not wrong about Disney, are you? That's um... well. The biggest movies of this year. I'll try and name some. You have you got a little list up? I've got a list up. Right. Here, so yeah. we're going to go with Endgame. We're going to go with Episode yeah. Nine. Yeah. Got the Lion King. Yeah. We've got um, Captain Marvel. Yes. We've got uh, Frozen Two. Mm-hmm. Toy Story Four. Toy Story Four. Is there any other big ones that I'm? Dumbo. Dumbo. Aladdin. Of course, Aladdin. Um... Blimey, so we're gonna have. Three of those live-action things a year now, then, are we? In the same model as Marvel? That's ridiculous. Mad. It's looking like a great year, though. I had no idea about Frozen 2. Frozen 2, I think, comes out in maybe November of this year. Oh, I it's, can't wait. I yeah, can't something wait. along those, uh, those lines, yeah. The thing that interests me about Frozen 2 is that all of the creative team is coming back. That kind of fills me with a sense yeah. of actual like excitement. I'll be honest and say that I liked Frozen a lot when it came out. I didn't really buy into the zeitgeist chomping that it ended up doing. I still maintain that Moana is actually the better of those kind of female-led musical films. Um, I don't think Moana really perhaps set the world alight in the same way as Frozen. Yeah. But I'll, I'll go and see it. I'm... Doesn't Disney also have Disney also has Artemis Fowl now as well, doesn't it? Yeah, that comes That's out in out. July or August time, doesn't it? That's over the summer. I've got no Good excitement Lord. for that other than Kenneth Branagh directing it, I'll be honest. That doesn't fill me with any form of excitement. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I remember reading one or two of the books when I was a kid and I never really got in on them. It always felt a little bit like a kind of poor man's I, Harry Potter. I really liked the books as a kid, um, but I just don't know who the film is for now because yeah. I don't think anyone reads the books now. No. And anyone who did read the books are our age. Yeah, and maybe it might be a nostalgia piece yeah, then, something along those yeah, lines. You're right to say that they don't have the enduring quality of Potter, the Hunger Games. They're not going up against things like the Maze Runner, which kind of the, the next mm. generation seem to be enjoying. Maybe, I mean, maybe it will spark a resurgence. Outside of Disney and perhaps a little bit more interesting, we've got uh, John Wick Chapter 3. I can't wait for that. I saw that trailer. New trailer came out this week. Yeah, uh, that was brilliant. That Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Yeah. Uh, we've got well, I think that's gonna be brilliant. Joker film. Yeah, what are you thinking about that? 
Uh, honestly, I couldn't care less. Um, I, I have no interest. Well, I have strong interest either way, I suppose, actually. It's fair enough. You're ambivalent. Yeah, I, I just... I... I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't want to get my fingers burned here. But you know me, they I'm a sucker have... for Batman and, yeah. and thus the Joker. I feel you're going to be disappointed. I think I'm going to be disappointed. I, I'm not. I don't want to diss Todd Phillips. I just don't think he's the man to be able to make this work. But Joaquin Phoenix, the fact that Phoenix is signing off on it and doing yeah. it at this time in his career, especially after apparently he turned down Doctor Strange and things like that, that does fill me with some sense. The fact they seem to be doing it a bit grounded. The thing that does worry me is that he's a forty-year-old Joker in a universe where Batman is going to be like a ten-year-old. Like Bruce Wayne is going to be a ten-year-old. Yeah, yeah. This, I don't like that stuff. It's interesting to know, yeah, like what, what exactly they're trying to say about the Joker character. And if um, this does indeed turn out to be an actual one-off, as they're promising, and perhaps Shepard's in this kind of alternate DC, I think maybe Elseworld universe, in the same way as the comics have done things like uh, Gotham at Gaslight and, and things like that. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. Three wild cards for me. Go on, then. Men in Black International. Trailer has sold me on the idea. The uh, Detective Pikachu could be fun. I hope it's not. I hope it's not going to be one of these things where, the, like, that Deadpool is starting to. If it's mm. Deadpool with Pokemon, I'm going to be annoyed. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't I like the fact that Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. I don't like that. I hate the fact that those personas are interchangeable. Ryan Reynolds used to be just an actor, but now he's this kind of online prankster that just wears a red mask. Those those characters online wise. I feel least. that's another feature we could probably do. You seem to be going off on something of a soapbox here about Ryan. Yeah, he's a good looking bloke. He's rich. He used to be married to Scarlett Johansson or whatever. It annoys me, Dan. I'll be honest. If he anyone's interested, under my skin. Uh, Christopher was uh, in consideration for the part of Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was it was and Detective and Pikachu. And, I'll be honest. Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And then finally, I, I, another trailer that came out quite recently, um, and one which I. I found myself getting quite a lot of attention for on, on Twitter after I made a, um, a oh, point of about course. it. Oh, of course. I knew you were going to have to get that in. Dan went viral last month, people. If actually, it was interesting. You went right through the kind of highs and lows of being retweeted a billion times, yes. didn't you? Yeah. How many how many retweets did you get in the end? Oh, uh, I, it was a couple of thousand, I think. Okay, yeah. I know it was big. I was there at the beginning. I just want to say that to you, right? <laughs> Both in your career and in terms I, of retweets. I, it's been, I, I, it's, I've never reached those heady heights again. <laughs> it's gone completely down. What, of Expression so. FM or of uh, the retweets? The retweets. No, go on. Um, Hellboy. Hellboy, this new iteration of, of the character. Um, Doesn't interest me even in the slightest. Oh, I'm, Without I'm Guillermo curious. del Toro. It's a shame that Guillermo del Toro is not involved. It's a shame yeah. Ron Perlman isn't involved. But Big Mo is. But, I, but Big Mo's there. That's where you're fighting. Running a chippy with, yeah. a, with a submachine gun. Yeah. Um, I'm very, you know, they have my attention. Yeah. And when does that come out? Uh, I couldn't tell you. It's just one of those years, isn't Spring, it, where maybe? there's a lot of things that are coming out where I'm looking over the list that you're, you're talking about now. Yeah. Toy Story 4, that annoys me. That's coming out after Toy Story 3 was so good. It's a shame. It's got a preview. itself. There's a lot of baggage on that film to do well, right? You know, oh, it's being set up to fail. As far as I'm concerned, that is a movie that is totally being set up to fail. It has to be extraordinary in order to um, exist mm. and even to prove its existence. I agree with the lot. I mean, the same say the same thing about Lion King. I can't believe we're getting the Lion King, Dumbo, and Aladdin all that's in ridiculous. one year. That's ridiculous, and I hate the idea of all of them as well. I, particularly the Lion King. I really don't think that that needs to be made. <laughs> the Lion King is one of the most redu- uh, redundant of the three. I think it is the most redundant. I think of the three, definitely. I, yeah. I can kind of forgive um, Dumbo. I'm after that Entertainment Weekly thing. I'm absolutely terrified about Aladdin. That looked like something that was going on in Wigan. Over I was going to say, it looked like a panther. It did. That yeah. was absolutely crazy. 
What, what about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? What do you reckon that would be? Uh, reckon that would be all right? The Tarantino. It's Tarantino, isn't it? So it's bound Tarantino to be Tarantino post Me Too. About the murder of Sharon Tate. I, 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 it's Which was originally a... supposed to be released on the on the uh, anniversary of her murder. It's going to be a night. It's going to be a train crash. I hope it isn't, but it, there's so much ickiness around that movie already. I hope it's going to be extraordinary. The cast looks amazing. We've got Pitt, yeah. We've got DiCaprio. Robbie is is coming in. Pacino is going to be involved. Dan. Your... I just find like. I'm I'm uncomfortable about the subject matter of the film. But, yeah, and and Tarantino, you know, Tarantino does it. He's, not he's not known. Subtle. He's not known for taking things with a you know. He's not known for his subtlety or his sensitivity in when no. he takes films. No, not not let, even let, slightly. This is, this is the story of a woman, several people who were brutally murdered. Yeah, and including a pregnant woman. Yes, in in barbarous it, fashion. It's it's horrible. It's a horrible story, uh, and I the idea of getting. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I just think it's very. Um, it's in. It seems in poor taste. I remember the, the, the latest season, not the latest, the next to latest season of American Horror Story did an episode devoted to the events of, of that night, and it just seemed in very poor taste. Did it get any backlash? I don't remember. I saw it a lot, a lot longer after it came out. But I remember watching and thinking, I do not. I don't like any of this. All right, you There's three- one thing to watch horror films that are. One one thing to watch things that are based, you know, out of imagination. Yeah, it's quite another to see these things, the real life events put out for entertainment purposes. I'm going to throw a couple of movies at you, like you did to me before we finish up. Then, sure, The Irishman, new uh, Scorsese movie with De Niro, Pacino, oh, yeah. Pesci. It's going to be the big Netflix movie. Um, De Niro is going to play until the next big Netflix of course, movie. Absolutely, of course, yeah. They, you know, I just, what do you reckon? What Scorsese getting all of the Goodfellas back together and Godfather. Man, thoughts? <laughs> or could it possibly be, go wrong? Could it be good? It, yes, of course it could be good. What about us? I'm looking forward to that. Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out. Yeah, well, anything Jordan Peele does these days, I think. Did you see the trailer for it? I haven't. No, I didn't know there was one out. There's one came out right. recently. Right, well, I'll watch yeah, it after we finish, finish recording. Um, and, of course, how could I finish uh, this segment <laughs> without saying I'm looking at the, the, picture, the right? next Terminator movie's coming out, Dan? You're counting That's, the days down. I can't wait. That's okay. in my diary already. 2019, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> right, housekeeping. Don't have a jingle for it, Dan. No, never have, never will. What season's this now? Season six, isn't oh, it? Oh, God knows. We're a few episodes into season six, and, you know, it's still going, still going. It's just a little, a little bit airborne. It's still good. It's still, still good. good. It's still good. Uh, I'm not even going to promise what might be coming next. No, we've done month. that twice now. And it's and we've had our both times. All I'll say is that I really hope we do get to talk about the movie we have agreed tentatively to. It's something slightly different, and I think we we spoke about some film old a couple of times in this podcast. I don't think we've ever actually reviewed it. Um, and it's something that I want to kind of hold my hands up to and say that I've gone on a, on a real evolution with this movie. So I hope that that tease is tantalizing and I hope we actually do end up getting to speak about the subject matter. Absolutely. Um, what else is there to say, Dan? Just, 
Well, check out the blog. Check out oneroomreview.com. That's um, that's it's far superior content there. Than yeah, there is on this it's professional. It's professional. It's well thought it's out. They deliver on the promises, Dan. So yeah, uh, we are the podcast of www.oneroomreview.com. So many different features kind of going on. Uh, I feel like I don't want to kind of lift the curtain too much. But there's a bit of a revolution going on behind the scenes, isn't there? You know, in terms of streaming content, there's the new way that we're all communicating with one another. Lots of yes. ideas percolating in the background. And the coup against David. Oh, wait. Oh, well, well, just... don't say that. We Sorry. Not... <laughs> You're letting all kinds of secrets out. And of course, there is uh, award season, so no doubt there'll be lots. I shouldn't of... have said coup. Yeah, it I certainly been. shouldn't have said against David. <laughs> it's just too hot. It's too hot for this. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, follow us at. One Room with a View, Numerical One, that's on Twitter. We're on Instagram as well in the same handle. Like us on Facebook, One Room with a View. What if they want to follow you on Twitter? Well, they can follow me at the Prestonite, Dan. That's the typical Scandinavian spelling of that. Um, and you're at Mr. Orton. Yes. Don't even want... need to follow him. He's bounding around Twitter all over the if place. If you want to make me go viral again, at Mr. Orton, M-I-S-T-E-R. How was the Lemsip? Did it... Sort you out. It's done wonders. Yeah, it's doing well, isn't it? Okay. Um, And you can email us podcast at oneroomtheview.com. I'd be particularly interested to find out what people thought about Glass Dan in that it has kind of split us, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, this but... usually unbreakable friendship. <laughs> Glass. Uh, I'll see. <laughs> we'll see you next month. Cheerio. Cheerio.